Toasted Sister Podcast. I'm Andy Murphy. about living in New Mexico is having easy access to Pueblo bread. It is my favorite type of bread, but I never really thought about its origins until a few months ago. And as a journalist, one of the best ways to satisfy curiosity is to write an article. So I partnered with Eater Magazine to write an article all about Pueblo bread. And you can read this piece at eater.com. It's out now. In the process, I gathered audio from the people I interviewed. But before we get into that, I'd like to lay down some history. Ingredients for Pueblo bread, like flour, milk, and yeast, were introduced to the Pueblos by the Spanish who arrived in the area now known as New Mexico in the mid to late 1500s. They also introduced the horno, which is an outdoor dome-shaped oven made out of clay. And since then, Pueblo bakers have shaped and molded bread recipes into what it is today. But the Pueblos, and there are 19 of them throughout New Mexico, um, don't adhere to one recipe or style of bread. Individual bakers have their own family styles, too. But you can tell a particular loaf is Zuni bread because it's very sour, like sourdough. And in Laguna, they make huge dinosaur feet-shaped loaves, and in Taos, they're smaller and a little bit darker. But it's all Pueblo bread, which is a unique style of white flour bread that can be seen at every special Pueblo event or at everyday meals. It is delicious. I took a bread tour of four Pueblos and I visited with four Pueblo bakers from Jemez, Taos, Zuni, and Laguna. In Jemez, I met with Lida Toya. She and her family were nice enough to bake a few loaves, especially for me. And when the bread was rising, I asked Lida a few questions. Can you uh, tell me about the cookies here? My cookies are our famous uh, traditional cookies. It's made of uh, dough, a little bit of sugar, egg, and vanilla. You mix it, then you make the dough and put them into shapes. Then you bake it for about 30 to 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. And how did you learn how to make these cookies? Uh, I have an aunt that teach me how. But she showed me the measurements, but I never used the measurement. I just do it on my own. It always comes out right. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, tell, tell me about the, the bread and um, what is the word in, um, is it Tiwa? Towa. What is the Towa word for the, the bread? And the Towa word for the bread is Zotabela. Everything I know on cooking is from my mom that I learned. Mm-hmm. On feast time, we do, we do uh, a lot, 25 to 100 pounds. For instance, like a 25 pound, you mix it with a um, one pound lard and maybe uh, two handfuls of salt. And with a dry yeast, you dissolve it in a warm water. 
after that you mix the dough put it in the wa in the flour and mix it dough enough for to be managed manageable if you mixed it overnight you you let it rise overnight and then you you'll be ready in the morning like starting from five maybe five or six p a m mm -hmm. so then we do it like what we did now but we just put it in the outside oven Mm -hmm. and we we use a lot of wood for that mm -hmm. and we use the corn house after we when it's when the oven is ready and when the bread is ready we um take out the charcoal from the oven and then we test it with the corn house to see how brown or you know how heated it is like if the corn house turned out like black or something it's really too hot yet then you have to do uh, put water on a, there's a little pole, a stick that has um, cloth in it, and you put it in the water. Then you go in the oven to take out the charcoal and with the water. And if it's still too hot, you do it one more time. Then you test it with the corn husk again. Then if it's the right brown, then it's ready to be put in. Then you, we leave it in there for one hour. Then it'll be done mm -hmm. after one hour. <laughs> Tell me about uh, some of the different shapes that uh, the bread comes in. Uh, well, we usually do the the flour that is kind of popular too. Like for instance, white people like flour shape and just the loaf and the round ones. It doesn't really have that um, any meanings, but it's just our decoration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we do the dinner rolls too from that. I know, I know. This is a, a big. <laughs> I mean, just an obvious question, but um, how important is uh, the bread to the the community here, to the people? Well, it's important because we we use the bread to feed a family or to feed the people that come visit us like on a feast day and we if we have friends like for instance we have a lot of Navajo friends that come over and when they're leaving on feast day when they're going home we give them bread when they're leaving bread cookies and pies that's why we make extra so we can give it to our friends when they're leaving uh, what, what is your favorite way to eat the bread <laughs> Well, once it's fresh with butter, on feast time we serve it with all kinds of stews like um, pozole, red chili stew, green chili stew, maybe just toast. toast. Yeah. When when you make bread, um, you know, after forty years, do you do you accidentally burn some or mess them up? Yeah. There's always something. You burn them like <laughs> you forgot it. You have it in the oven, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's with the cookies too. The last bunch will be burned. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. It's always the last one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Do you want to say anything else about the? Do you want to say anything else about the bread or the cookies, pies? Mm -hmm. Well, it's really you know traditional that. We make our own bread. We don't have to buy a lot of bread. Like we make our own bread and cookies. Mm -hmm. So we're good on that. <laughs> <laughs>
making our own bread and cookies, pies, and our traditional food. Sometimes we use homegrown, like corn, with our stews and blue cornmeal that we grow on the field, especially the chili, red and green chili. Mm-hmm. For our traditional stews. What what are some of these traditional uh, dishes? Um, maybe besides the the stews, mm. pozole. Mostly the stews. The, our enchiladas are you know almost like Mexican, but we are our famous famous enchiladas are more popular. <laughs> and we do our Indian pudding. That's traditional too. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of traditional food is it comes from the field, you know, like like she said, our our traditional food is probably going to be the stews, and then the side dishes have been introduced to us. Where they were introduced to us, like ham, yams, turkey. That's not traditional. Those are the stuff we just add to our menu. Yeah. And then traditional food is probably things that are grown in the field, like squash, um, corn, and chili. That's what we call traditional. And then we make traditional. Um, desserts too, like she said, the Indian pudding, the in the wedding pudding. There, you know, there's two types of pudding that we make too. And like, if I would, I would like to add, you know, why bread making is important because, you know, my mom taught me, and then I'm teaching my daughter, and she has a little baby that we would want to teach her. There's four generations here. That's why it's important for me to get as much knowledge from her so I can teach my daughter. But my daughter and my niece are very lucky that you know we have my mom still so she can we can all learn and they are learning and the fourth generation it'll help if we we keep the bread making going because that's our survival you know like my grandpa used to say there's no reason for you to be hungry you're a girl you know how to make bread to learn how to make tortillas bread it has to be there bread is bread is the source of our survival i guess you know that was her daughter, Dorel Toya Upshaw, who chimed in. They mentioned Hamas enchiladas, and I had to ask her more about those. That's what we're famous for is Hamas enchiladas. I think it's because the chili we use, <laughs> you know. And Hamas enchiladas, a lot of people think it's our traditional, but it's not really traditional. It was in, in, introduced to us from Spanish, but um, we just took a different route from the Spanish version and we decided to make our own, you know, I don't know what year somebody invented Hamas enchiladas, <laughs> but that's what we're known for is just um, our tortilla with shredded cheese dipped in um, chili paste and you just fry it and bake it and there you go, there's your Hamas enchiladas and usually it's really good with fresh beans, yeah. When I had my first one, I, I didn't think that they were going to be that big, but they turned out to be these big, um, just like, those like they're about the size of an envelope, and they're folded like an envelope, yes. folded like a letter. Um, so so people could probably get Hamas enchiladas at the Red Rocks, or could they just drive by and come pick some up? Um, usually at the Red Rocks, there's somebody there selling, usually every weekend. And throughout the weekday, you know, somebody, you know, usually somebody's there. They'll, they usually have enchiladas because we're famous for Hamas enchiladas and people do drive up miles to come get a Hamas enchiladas. That was Darrell Toya Upshaw and her mother, Lida Toya, from Hamas Pueblo. Next, my journey led me to Tiwa Kitchen in Taos. It's one of the few native-owned restaurants in the country. I spoke to Debbie Sandoval, a co-owner of Tiwa Kitchen. 
Well, I guess let's start off with the meal that I just had right now, the trout. I thought it was really, really good. Um, tell me about the trout and tell me uh, a little bit about the dish. Uh, we coat our trout in the blue corn meal. Gets it really crispy on the outside. And we serve it with a blue corn tortilla and our native squash and corn and uh, beans and rice, native uh, rice from Minnesota. So you showed me a couple of loaves of uh, Pueblo bread. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. What, what was the process look like uh, baking loaves? Oh, right. That's a really hard process. <laughs> it starts like the night before you're going to bake. So we have to make, uh, set the dough. And we knead it all night. And then we uh, put it in the pan early in the morning. And while the bread's rising, as soon as we get the bread in the pans, we start the fire. So... When the fire burns down, the bread's rised up and ready to put in the oven. The main thing uh, with outdoor oven baking is the outdoor oven itself. Um, the art of making that is, is uh, very valuable. My mother-in-law and my husband taught me how to make the oven also. So it starts from that. Then you get to know the oven very well. If you make it, then it's a lot. <laughs> you know it, yeah. But um, it takes about three to four armloads of wood. Cedar wood is what we use because it burns fast and hot. So uh, we spread out those coals all over the bottom of the oven to heat up the, the, un the under part. What's underneath there is the key to the outdoor oven. It's the lava rocks that are underneath in the foundation. That's what um, keeps the heat in the oven and helps the bottoms of the bread get done but, um, and also creates steam and all that stuff in the oven. Tell me a little bit about how important the how important bread is, how prevalent bread is in the community and in the Pueblo. Um, yes, bread is like our main staple. If we're going to have breakfast, lunch, or dinner, there has to be bread. <laughs> and um, every feast day, every wedding, every baptismal, um, there's a big party for that. So we bake bread, pies, and cookies. That's the beginning part. And then the chili and all that stuff comes the next day. <laughs> but yeah, the bread is the root of everything. So I've seen some bread over at Hamus, and it came in a couple of different shapes, and it was pretty big. Mm -hmm. It was pretty high. It's about as high as my hand here, like six, seven inches. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, <clears throat> uh, Laguna bread is kind of the same way. It's real big. Yours, yours here is a little bit small. Yeah. Um, is, the, is the shape of the of, um, Taos Pueblo bread different than all other Pueblos? Um, it's not totally different we do uh, do some shaped breads where uh, it fluffs up higher and stuff but we call that the greasy bread okay. <laughs> and, uh, but um, I don't know yeah ours is a little different we push our bread down when we put it in the pans and um, I met some people at a funeral one time and they were from Zuni Pueblo and their bread is real high up there too but they said they don't push it down. They just put it in the pan. What are, what are some of the ingredients? You don't have to give me the recipe, but what are some of the ingredients? Because they seem like they're different across all the Pueblos. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I think even in this Pueblo, some of the women use, um, like, powdered milk mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I don't. I just use salt, lard, and uh, yeast and the flour. That's it. Would you say some people uh, make a living out of uh, baking bread? Yes, there's a lot of people that bake bread on a daily basis and sell it in the Pueblo because we have uh, a lot of tourists here and um, we, have, we take advantage of that, yeah, every day. <laughs> Tiwa Kitchen, uh, tell me about the origins and why you guys wanted to start a restaurant. Okay. Well, my husband was once uh, in the governor's staff, mm -hmm. and um, one of his jobs was to um, collect the money from the tourists that are coming into the Pueblo. And a lot of them would ask if there's a restaurant or a coffee shop or anything nearby that they could go enjoy some Pueblo food at. And we were like, um, no, like the closest place is like Michael's Kitchen. <laughs> Everybody used to recommend Michael's Kitchen back in that day. Mm -hmm. And it still is like that in town. Everybody recommends Michael's Kitchen because it's just like kind of like the oldest restaurant that's around house. <laughs> but that was sort of the reason why. And also how we started out was actually selling bread in the Pueblo with my mother-in-law. We would do that every day, and she would make like a pot of chili too, and a, and a fry bread dough, and we would sell um, Indian tacos, and we sold out of all our stuff like every day. We never had stuff left over, you know, and we had to go to town, go buy more flour and more stuff. We w then we would just divide the money that whatever was left. But people were asking for a restaurant, and my husband and I made a business plan. It took us two years to write a business plan, but we got it done and we've been here 25 years. So <laughs> it's very rewarding. Mm -hmm. Making people happy, it's, it's, it's very rewarding. <laughs> what were some of the challenges you faced uh, opening up the restaurant? Oh, there were lots of major challenges. Um, one was even trying to get it past our tribal council. Mm. Our, uh, our governor or our war chief has to be the one to present it to the council or the tribal council secretary. There's three ways that you can try and get it in there, but um, we had to go through the war chief because the governor was not responding to us. We had bought our property in February, this land here, and it took them till September 30th to, or September sometime to um, get it approved through the council. So that's when we started building the, the restaurant. It took yeah, like seven months to get through the council approval. That was a really hard one. And we had to do environmental studies, everything, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it was just time consuming mostly, but after all that was done, it was, Oh, easy. <laughs> that was Debbie from Tiwa Kitchen. The next stop was Zuni Pueblo, where I met with Jimmy Pewa, an expert baker with one of the largest Ornos in the state. I caught him on a Saturday morning when he usually makes around 90 crazy-shaped loaves of bread to sell at the Gallup Flea Market. 
He's talking to me while pulling bread from the oven, and his wife Marlene is helping him. This has been in here for like about 40 minutes. Yeah, they're sort of okay. But uh, that one is a little bit closer to the door. The ones in the back that went in first are probably up around it. Yeah, just like that. And we have regular yeast and uh, sourdough. We prick some of them with a fork to identify that that's uh, sourdough. What does your starter look like for your sourdough? What, what do you mean? Do you have like a, a starter for the sourdough? Yeah, you got a starter. I mixed that one first with it, uh, the dough takes a little bit longer to rise and I use a little bit of uh, yeast in it, but the regular yeast got more more yeast in it so it uh, rises and get big. Can you tell me again why, why they're shaped like that? They break them off and they dunk them in their stew. It's a lot uh, better than uh, a long time ago when they didn't have no knives and they ate with a big old stew bowl and take a piece of it and dunk it right into their chili stew. What are some names that people have for this this bread? Um, that one there they call the uh, bear claw, dinosaur foot, and Dolly Parton. <laughs> Why did they call it Dolly Parton? Because <laughs> of the lobes on there. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Okay. All right. And how did you learn how to make bread? My mom and dad. I used to watch them, and uh, they used to live over the next uh, door. You know, I used to go get wood for them. And uh, I used to watch my dad, you know, he used to be sort of embarrassed because the women was the, uh, the people that uh, does the bread. But he finally got over that, you know, he cleaned the oven, you know, and put in the dough. While my mom and the daughters would mix it. And then they all get into an old bus and they take the bread to the Gallup Free Market and sell it there you know, every Saturday. Uh, this, um, I've heard about this oven here. Uh, I think somebody's said that it was like the largest oven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but why'd you build it so big? You can put up to like 100 loaves, but you're crowding them and they don't get brown on the edges. So we took, put about 85, 88. But it takes a lot of wood. Yeah. And you're building another one here? Yeah, I'll try to build another one. But... Just a little bit larger than this one. <laughs> It'll still be the largest. Oven. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right then. What 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 is you guys' favorite way to eat the bread? Our favorite favorite way? Like probably with stew. Well, we probably have it with almost every meal. <laughs> but uh, if we run out and if it's store bought, I usually want it toasted. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't use no preservatives in it, so it'll spoil 
uh, the regular yeast bread will uh, probably spoil about five or six days if you don't keep it in a cool place. The sourdough will last longer, probably more than a week. What's your favorite way to eat the bread? I'll probably put uh, butter on it and uh, have it with bologna and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the what's the Zuni word for the bread? Mootla. 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 Mm-hmm. Never was buh. And they have the sourdough is buh tikonch. So you learn a lot of uh, languages over at the flea market. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cool. I think I'm going to start calling it Dolly Parton now. (laughs) We used to call it Elephant Feet, but I think that's a better name for it. (laughs) That was Jimmy and Marlene Pewa of Pewa's Zuni Bread. And my favorite way to eat a piece of Dolly Parton bread is with yellow Irish butter or with red chili stew. Yes. So the last stop on my bread journey was Laguna, and I met with Cherie Saracino. She's one of the owners of Grandma Joe's Bakery, and these guys make close to 100 loaves of bread a day in their bakery near the casino. So I met with Cherise at the bakery, which was filled with good smells of raw and cooked bread dough and a bunch of pictures of Elvis Presley. Um, but we have customers all over the country that come um, from as far as California, Oklahoma, and they take back loads and loads of bread if we have it so it's hard to keep up sometimes because um, especially around holidays and feasts and things like that we kind of are uh, are maxed out at our capacity so how many how many loaves a day at the most it's like maybe 200 we can do something like that Daily, yeah. So if we're working around the clock, yeah, that's like 200. But, um, but yeah, there's a, a lot of times we have to turn customers down because we can't do it. So, okay. yeah. So anyway, this is what we have. We have the traditional um, turnover pies, is what we call them. Um, they're um, blueberry, apple, peach, cherries. What we mostly stock, but. Um, there's also called Maya pies because one of our grandmothers um, married in Hopi, and she used to make these in Hopi. And um, anytime some of the Hopi people come by or Hopi men, they ask for Maya pies because she used to make them out there in mm-hmm. Hopi. So, okay. so um, that that's another um, I guess name for it. Then we make your brownies with the nuts, and then our um, turnover pies are. Um, those are like with a pastry, puff pastry, puff pastry turnover pies, and then the traditional cinnamon rolls, and then our traditional sugar cookies, bizcochitos, and we have um, chocolate chip, pumpkin, raisin, and um, sometimes we do what we call the Indian cookies. We don't have any right now, but we make those more along the feast days and when they're dancing and stuff here. Um, they're kind of like a cinnamon sugar top cookie, something similar to a bizcochito, but it doesn't have the anise um, spice in there. So, yeah, so. And then this is also the, a really popular item is the cream puffs, cream puffs there. So um, yeah, we have a lot of customers and grants who love these. And um, we were just honored last, was it a few months ago or last year? 
last year for the Grants Chamber of Commerce, is that what it was? Uh -huh. A best bakery in the county or something, wow. something like that. Okay. Best dessert for the cream puffs. <laughs> so, and, and we have, when we first opened, I don't know if we have it here. Um, so my sister, my niece, we opened in 1998, August in 1998. Mm -hmm. Here she is. So this is when we opened. That's me and my sister. So my sister and I are, are partners. We own the bakery. Um, and this is her daughter when she was, geez, probably like, I don't know, it was 20 years ago. So she's, <laughs> what? She would have to have been like six, seven maybe. Yeah. But that's her eating a, a cream puff there. Which is so cute, and this is kind of the um, how they were how traditionally, you know, the the dough is made out there. So there's different, you know, pictures we have here. This is my mom. Unfortunately, she couldn't be here today. Um, sh we have three shifts. So my mom and my sister do the afternoon shift, Wednesday through Saturday, and then my two aunts, which are one of them is here. She and another aunt, they do the morning shift. And then um, one of my other nieces, which is her sister, and um, one of, a family friend do another afternoon shift, what, Monday through Wednesday, Tuesday? Monday and Tuesday. But as you see, they're very, very huge Elvis fans. Yeah. <laughs> we got Elvis that. all over. <laughs> and this is who we named the bakery after, which is uh, my grandma, Grandma Josephine. Uh -huh. We call it, call it Grandma Joe's for show, short, Grandma Joe's. And that's her picture making it um, out in Winslow, Arizona, I believe. Um, so there's a Laguna colony out in Winslow where um, when they were building the railroad, the men moved with the railroad when they were making it going out west. And so there's a Laguna colony and a lot of Laguna people live there. And that's where she met my grandfather. Um, and um, that's where they started raising their family. And he, he retired for Santa Fe. He worked for Santa Fe Railroad. And he played in the Santa Fe Indian Band. He played the tuba. Where is he? He's back here. And the tuba is probably up here. It's a big old tuba, but um, that's the Santa Fe Indian Band. And um, anyway, um, he used to travel all over the country playing with the Santa in different parades, you know, um, all over the country. But it was based out of Winslow. And so when he retired from the railroad, like after 40, 40 45 years or so, he moved the family back here to Laguna. And... Um, and so I was born in Winslow, lived there till I was six, and then when he moved back in 72 was when um, he rebuilt the home in the, the old village in Laguna, you know, the one up on the, where the church is. So we have a family home there where we all go to and congregate when things are going on. Um, but we also have a family home where my aunts live just two miles um, north of here in Parahi, and I have a home there too. And hopefully you can come see it because I want you guys to come back for feasts and stuff so you know where it's at. So maybe we can drive over there and show you that house and show you the other house too. But um, anyway, our clan is Antelope Clan, so you'll see Antelope, you know, kind of all around. Okay. Antelope Clan, yeah. And um, we're also um, St. Cattery, so we went to Rome when she was canonized, my oh, mom. Wow. My mom and I, hi, come in, how are you? Uh, when she was canonized, so she became a saint um, in 2012, 2012. So those are kind of what we're very most proud of. And the Whitmore is the family name. Uh, and so 
This is kind of just to kind of show you what we're about here. Okay. You know, I, I know in uh, at least the pueblos that I visited so far, like bread is such a huge thing. It's such a huge part of uh, everybody's life. How how important has it been to your family and the greater community in here in Laguna? Oh, I think it's just a staple. I mean, we couldn't go without it. Um, it's like I said, we eat it with everything. We we eat it with our chili stew is the main thing, chili stew and beans. Um, we make toast out of it, eat it with oatmeal, makes excellent toast, excellent French toast. Um, you could do pretty much anything with it. Um, grilled cheese, um, you know, butter and jam, or even just hot out of the oven, just like that. That's the best time when it's just fresh out of the oven. And if you want butter on it or not, it's, it's great, it's perfect. So it's, it actually um, can be um, not easy on your waistline because, <laughs> you know, because like I, I, could, I used to say I could eat a whole loaf because I, I could, you know, I probably could eat half a loaf with just like one bowl of chili. Um, it's just what we grow, grew up with and what we know, you know, it just goes with everything. And um, we've, you know, I've personally tried to cut back on, on my carbs, but, um, you know, I could have it with every meal. I used to actually have it with every meal. You know, we, we use it every day and we, as part of our ceremonies and stuff. Um, we also use it. It has. To, it's kind of what we use in in with our traditional dancing and stuff. And we can't have a ceremony without it. We have to have that. It's just kind of what we grew up with and what we know. And it's part of um, part of our offering too. You know, when we're when we're having our ceremonies, we we offer food and stuff. And bread always comes first. We always have to put the bread first. That was Therese Saracino, co-owner of Grandma Joe's Bakery in Laguna. I'd like to say a really big thank you to all the generous bakers I visited on this Pueblo bread journey. They welcomed me into their baking space and filled the backseat of my car with more Pueblo bread and cookies than I can handle. And I know bread is a product of colonization, but it's also a testament to the strength and resilience of the people. They turned a bunch of foreign ingredients into a beautiful loaf that fills you with warmth and is good with any soup. So thank you for sharing your stories and bread with me. It really means a lot. This bread journey is initially for an article for Eater magazine. Check out the article. It's out now at eater.com. Toasted Sister, supported by the Kiwanik Broadcast Corporation. Music was created for Toasted Sister by CWION. Check them out on Bandcamp or visit cwion.com. That's cwayon.com. Or catch them on their tour right now. They'll be around Arizona and California from Friday, January 25th to February 3rd. So keep tabs on the band on social media. And thanks for listening to Toasted Sister. I'm Mandy Murphy from the Navajo Nation. <laughs>